welcome to Back to the Vax. Uh, we're your hosts. I'm Lydia Green. And I am Heather Simpson. Hey, well, Heather. Heather Lamb now. So Yeah, yeah. Heather Lamb, yeah. Um, we haven't talked for some time, so I thought we'd have a quick little coffee chat today. Um, what's new with you? What's new with you, friend? Well, um... Oh, I love it when people say um at the beginning of podcasts. Uh. <laughs> I like the I like the people do that before they talk. Ew, that's cringe. I that's fun, that's fun to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nervous thing, right? I think so. Just like any yeah. kind of, we don't really know. We don't really notice how often we say um and but. I say like. I used to say like. Like, 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 like. Uh, That was a big thing in my high school. Everybody made fun of people that said like. And so I have been, like, trained to catch myself at all times. (laughs) I'm scared of that word. But anyway, no, I've been good. I've been – I my divorce finalized, so me and my daughter are just getting into swing of life. She started preschool and she is loving it. I think, you know, I originally wanted to homeschool back in, you know, when I, in my anti-vax days, um, not that homeschool is exclusive to that at all, but it seems to, it seems to be, um, a lot of anti-vaxxers do prefer to homeschool because they don't want, it seemed like a lot of my friends in the anti-vax community did choose to homeschool just because they didn't want quote unquote the public school system indoctrinating their yeah. children. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big so, thing for them. But so it was a big change to send her to school, but she's like loving it and thriving and all the Good. things and that pressure to to educate an entire child for eighteen mm-hmm. years is kind of off of me. And they have and fun. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yes. She has a great teacher and teacher's aide and it's just Yeah. It's so much fun. She told me she has a boyfriend now. <laughs> She is four. So just to clarify, she is four. I asked her for details yeah, and they, she goes, um, I went away for a week didn't want to talk about um, it. <laughs> just to do some nursing school stuff. And my three-year-old, so was, he, he missed me so much. And he's just been like stuck to me ever since I got home. He's like on me because he doesn't want me to leave again. It was so sad. But he said to me, mommy, I, I want to be a nurse too. I'll go to school with you. And I thought that was so cute. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, so you drove into the city, like, where the, the school campus yeah, is? Yeah, and I actually had to, like, okay. be on campus and, like, people. <laughs> Ooh, that's it hard. Was, I don't it was very <laughs> bizarre. I was like, oh, because my town is so small. And then I grew up in Edmonton, but I just haven't been there, you know, in that kind of mode for decades now. And to be, like in a busy campus seeing people everywhere and like but you know my my classmates were all super sweet super nice um I formed like a chat group because we were all like overwhelmed with it we were doing health assessment we were super overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with it and because it's as an online course it's not the greatest but if you're taking online school that's how you have to do it and um we're all trying to like practice on each other and and we're all like supporting, like, it was just nice to be around. It was mostly women. I think there's one guy in our class, but he didn't come to any of the, the practices that we had. And, um, it was just nice to be around supportive women. I met some really interesting women, um, that 
were like one was like a, a mom of eight. She was Whoa. 60 becoming an LPN. Another, oh my God. yeah, just really cool. And she ha- even has her pilot's license. Like I was like, what? I know. And then another lady I met was from the Philippines and she was super cool. We clicked. We were like partnered, partnered up all the time. And she used to be a police officer and a nurse in the Philippines. So that was really cool talking to her. And we just kind of stuck, the three of us kind of stuck together um, being like the older ladies in the course, but we had a good time and, and, and everyone was super nice. So that way it was awesome. It was stressful though, because to pass the lab, you needed an 80 and I still don't know my mark. So it's kind of, it's, I think Monday they'll post it, I'm hoping. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous about that. I get another chance to do the exam if I fail. So I just tell myself, I just, I'll get another chance if I didn't pass it. But I, I, feel, I felt good about it when I finished. Like I felt good about what I remembered to do. So yeah, it's just like, yeah, Yeah, it's basic like head to toe assessment of a patient. So hopefully, and then I have one more, I have to do a final on the theory, which I didn't do the greatest on the midterm, which I wish I would have waited after I did all like the lab work, because I think I would have had a better understanding on the theory in the midterm. Um, Oh, yeah, I only got like, it's really embarrassing. I only got like 56% on my midterm. So online classes are just hard. (sighs) They're just hard. And it threw me for a loop because like this style of studying that I've been doing up until now, which is, and I'm going to say this as like a parent and busy, I've just been cramming. So I'll pick a course and I will just cram everything and then do the midterms and do the final and then do my assignment. And it's been working. Like my average is about an 80%, I would say. But for this course, it did not work. (laughs) So (laughs) it caught me and it just shook my confidence. I've been afraid to hand in assignments now. I've been afraid to like, it, it kind of like, it took my confidence away for sure. Like, I'm not sure of myself anymore. So it's hard. I remember I like, I got straight A's, you know, in high school and, and mostly college until I hit statistics. And I took that online. So, you know, you're kind of teaching yourself yeah. on an online course. And I did the th- I did the final. It was, I think it was untimed. And I did it for three and a half hours. Wow. And I got a 75. Oh, wow. It was, I never once grasped the concept of anything I learned. I just learned how to answer the questions. And I tried. So I would watch YouTube videos. Like, I, I'm just like, my brain is not designed for math. I... I'm really bad at math. Like the, the, the math I had to do cause I took chemistry years ago and, and the math I had to do for that and, and like the calculus and all of that, I was so terrible at it. I struggled and I had to study really hard and work really hard to pass, but statistics, my brain worked so well. I don't know why I got ever, and what? all of my friends like struggled with statistics. And I was like, I, I finished that course with like a 90. And I ask me about statistics now. I don't remember anything that was so long ago, but for some reason, my brain and statistics are friends. I don't know why. 
what is what is that quote that's like if you if you tell a goldfish that they're stupid because they don't know how to climb a tree right. they'll live their whole life thinking they're stupid like yeah everybody's so good at their own thing and then they're so bad at yeah. you know <laughs> what everyone has at. something that they're good at for sure yeah statistics is a good one to be good at that's that's unique yeah I, I, to, I don't know why I just yeah I just clicked and I I got it but when it came to like the other kinds of math I really struggled where other people see I love algebra and things like that but yeah anything like abstract like statistics I just can't wrap my mind around it also I wanted to address something um that I it's a new thing <laughs> So I've been meeting new people lately, just, you know, getting out in the world and, um, you know, how we've done interviews and things like that. And we have a past, uh, um, it is my newfound, <laughs> it's my newfound horror to meet someone that says they've Googled you. <laughs> oh yeah. I noticed one of my, so I have like this chat group and I noticed one of my classmates looked at my uh, TikTok profile and I was just like I didn't say anything to her I just like pretended I didn't have a TikTok or so I just but I noticed she probably saw some of my TikToks and I was like no does it notify you when they look at TikTok yeah it can tell you what, who's looked at your profile now and your notification are you kidding me that is mortifying I oh no how know. long has that been going like, on I don't want to know oh no why do why do I want to know oh. that and it's always like do you want to add your contact list to your TikTok uh, uh no I don't I don't want to I follow want anyone to I know it. in real life on TikTok <laughs> who would want that it is for strangers on the internet that's that's it, it. It really is. Like, nobody wants anyone they know seeing their TikTok. <laughs> no, that's not what it's for. No. And it's very weird. I understand that sounds very weird, but that's just how it is. No, it's... Yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, it's a thing. I'm pretty sure it's a thing. Like, no, this is not Facebook. I don't want you watching this. Yeah, no. And I actually, I don't even share my TikTok with very many people because of that. I just, I feel like TikTok's a different community, you know? And if you know, you know. And if you don't, it's very weird. It is. If you're not in it, you're like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, why would you say that? Why would you put that out there? Why would you do yeah. that? So, like, if you don't understand it, it's kind of almost cringy. It is all these audios that you're putting on random videos. Like it, uh, if you're not deeply in it, it is very cringe. Yeah, you're right. So I don't, I, I don't, sh I don't even share it. Cause I, I just feel like it's one of those things you either know it or you don't. And right. If you don't, totally. it won't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, I'll, I'll intro our next, our guest. Uh, I interviewed him actually last week and very, uh, inspirational kid nico montero is his name he is now an advocate with um teens for vaccines and it was he he was a really interesting guy like he's very passionate about helping you know his fellow peers uh get over their fear of vaccination and find out ways if they can in their community uh with consent laws to get vaccinated even if their parents wow. may not support that they also like um, take testimonials of teens to like government um, 
talks to like encourage like consent laws because these teenagers you know and it's not even that their parents don't necessarily want them to be vaccinated but in some cases it's the parents don't care enough to vaccinate they they're not um involved in their child's life enough to keep them up to date on vaccines like not everyone has the best parents and and so it's very important i think for a person who understands the risk and benefit and in that it's basic health care i don't think i would assume but yeah i think it's important that they can make those health care decisions when there's nobody making those decisions for them and uh, if you asked me a decade ago if I thought teenagers should consent or be able to, I would have died. <laughs> like, I would have been like, no! Yeah, totally. But I get it now because it is really a basic form of healthcare, and and a young person, you know, that is uh, competent should be able to decide on things like basic healthcare. Totally. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah, and he's a good kid. So with that, um, we're going to hear that in the next... Uh, while here and um it was so nice talking to you heather um i look forward to our little coffee chats all the time all right bye Hello and welcome to Back to the Vax. I'm your host, Lydia Green. Uh, today we have a very special guest, Nico Montero from Teens for Vaccines. Uh, he is a very interesting person. Uh, as a teen, he decided to um, consent to his own COVID vaccine against his parents' wishes. He now works with Teens for Vaccines as an advocate. Uh, hello and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Can you tell us a bit for uh, can you tell us a bit about Teens for Vaccines? Of course. So Teens for Vaccines is a youth organization with about 45 ambassadors across many states in the US. Um, we promote the life-saving power of vaccines and we empower teens to get vaccinated. Um, a lot of our work is around sharing resources for teens and how they can convince their parents to allow them to get vaccinated. We advocate for minor consent laws, which would permit teens to like get their own vaccines without parental consent. Um, and we also fight for pro-vaccine legislation. Okay. Um, now you, you were one of the teens that decided to use your area's consent laws to get your own vaccine. Were your parents against all vaccines or just the COVID vaccine? Well, for starters, um, in my state, Pennsylvania, there is no statewide law that allows teenagers to consent to vaccines. I actually had to take advantage of um, a regulation in Philadelphia, which is a neighboring city, um, mm. that allows minors to consent to vaccines. So where I come from, initially, there is no rule that allows me to consent to vaccines. So I essentially had to travel somewhere where there was. Oh, wow. So, but to answer your question... All right, so my parents initially started out as just against the COVID vaccines, but then these beliefs developed into an anti-vaccine attitude. I know I find that a lot of the myths, um, and this is why it's such a huge deal when this disinformation is shared, because 
once you start believing these things about COVID vaccines, it's not hard to extrapolate them to all vaccines. And so this is why we're seeing this, you know, huge increase in the last couple of years regarding all vaccination. And now we're going to start seeing gaps, you know, in, in herd immunity with other diseases. Uh, I think measles has already came come back to the States just recently and, and hopefully, you know, their herd immunity is good enough to keep it from becoming an outbreak. But yeah, it's, I, I could see why your parents, you know, jumped from just COVID to other vaccines. Um, how did they respond when they found out you got vaccinated? So they were angry, but for the most part, they didn't say anything to me. Um, it was more of a silent anger, but mm-hmm. they truly believe that I'm going to develop adverse side effects sometime down the line over my decision to get vaccinated. Okay. And did they try any crazy, like to offer you any crazy, like detoxes or anything like that to like, I know a lot of anti-vax parents think that if they do these detoxes, they'll prevent harm from the vaccinations. Did they try that with you? They have not. Okay. So they're not that far into it. I mean, like a lot of them will like offer these like drinks or um, Epsom salt baths and just all this nonsense. Um how did you come to realize that you could go to another state? Like, and, and what, like, who helped you? Like, how did that, how did that story, can you tell me that story? Is that okay? Yeah, of course. So it wasn't another state. It was within my own state. It was another city. Oh, so okay. I was initially starting out um, proposing legislation that would allow minors to consent to vaccines in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, and as I was doing that and I was researching, I found out that there are places in Pennsylvania where you can go to consent to your own vaccine, vaccination mm-hmm. as a minor. And I found out that I was able to do so in Philadelphia. So upon finding this out, um, I started looking into it and looking at where I could go. And I simply just went. Wow. And, 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 and it, it all worked out. Did you have any side effects or... Like, was there any point in time where you're like, maybe my parents were right? Because I, I mean, even somebody like I had Moderna and I, <laughs> I had felt pretty crummy for a couple of days. I mean, we, I got over it. But was there a time like after vaccination where you didn't feel the greatest and was like, uh oh? No, I actually had like zero side effects. I didn't even have any pain in my arm where I had got the shot amazing i know i so my brother said the same thing and i I was like you're a liar because my arm was so sore and i felt so flu-like afterwards and i was like i don't believe you but yeah he says the same thing um about his vaccines uh he he had no arm pain or no real side effects so that's that's good um let's see what else um what would you recommend to other teenagers who maybe are wanting to get vaccinated, like, but also don't want to go, like, how could they maybe talk to their parents to help their parents be more comfortable before resorting to what you did? What would you say to that? Well, that's actually very tricky because in my opinion, um, there is no reasoning with parents, like, 
um, that believe these things. I mean, I've tried and I've tried and nothing really just got through to them. So um, instead of like telling teens to try to convince their parents to allow them to get vaccinated, I would tell teens that the time is now to turn to legislative advocacy. Teenagers need to start looking into their rights and the laws that they have in their state. And if they find that the state, the laws in their state are lacking, then they should start advocating for legislation that would give them the power to consent to their own vaccines. I mean, that's what I'm doing here in Pennsylvania. And I'm working to pass legislation like that abroad as well, because it's just so important that teenagers are given the power to protect their health. Like, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic and teenagers in many parts of this country do not have the power to consent to vaccines. And this, in my opinion, has created a vaccine accessibility crisis. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Vaccines are a very basic standard of health care. And if your parents are disinformed and, you know, holding back a very standard form of health care, I, I agree. I, I, as an anti-vaxxer, I could not agree with you. Like I was like, that's my child. But, you know, coming around and realizing how misinformed I was and that my children actually did deserve protection from these diseases. Like, I agree. Like you guys deserve to be able to make those choices for yourself. It's, it's a, you know, people travel miles in other countries to get their children vaccinated because they know what will happen if they don't. And I think, you know, as a teenager, you can be very aware of that as well. And then know that you're missing a very basic form of healthcare, very basic protection. So... Exactly. And like the legislation that I'm currently working towards, it doesn't just apply to like teenagers that are in the position um, that have anti-vax parents. It also applies to teenagers that live in neglectful households where they're not taken for routine medical checkups. It would give these teenagers the power to protect themselves. Exactly. Yeah. What would you tell a teenager who doesn't feel safe going against their parents? Like, for advocacy, like not necessarily, like how do you tell them to like, how do you support them to get through this? I would try to, um, I would try to um, support them as much as possible. I would try to fight for them. If they can't fight for themselves, I would try to advocate for them. Um, Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of advocacy for teenagers that can't be named. Recently, I wrote a letter to the Republican chair of the House Health Committee here in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and the letter included the testimony of teenagers that are that have anti-vax parents that won't, won't allow them to get vaccinated. Um, a lot of these teenagers, they weren't able to be named for safety reasons because they told me that if they their parents found out they had gotten vaccinated or had done something like this, they would be kicked out of their house um, and made homeless and a lot a lot more extreme things like that. So mm-hmm. um, they agreed to do it anonymously and I support them in that decision. Excellent. So I would say, I would definitely recommend um, Teens for Vaccines for that kind of support for any teenager out there that is facing these uh, circumstances where their parents have gone anti-vax and they know that it won't be received well if they talk about it. Um, you guys seem to be a wonderful resource for that. Um, now, outside of this conversation, um, just to get to know you a little better, can you tell me three things about yourself? 
Um, I'm very. <laughs> I know I'm putting you on the spot. So if there's a little bit of a gap where you have to think, that's okay. Um, well, I'm a very outspoken individual. I would call myself. Um, I have a passion for standing up for people, and I just really want to make the world a better place. Aw, that's so sweet. I really think that you teenagers are okay. Like, oh, there's a lot of, like, complaints from adults about the young people. I think you guys are so much further ahead than my generation was. I think you guys have so much compassion and caring and understanding and just tolerance. And you guys are all right. Like... People want to say bad things. I'm always sticking up for the teenagers. Um, I have a teenager. She's wonderful. I have nothing but empathy for any of the struggles you guys have. Um, you guys are are doing okay, I think. And I don't mean that in like, uh, like I'm sure you guys have your fears and struggles. Like I, I acknowledge that too. But you guys, like I think you're you're really on the right track, and you guys are gonna make a huge difference in this world so thank you and that means a lot i mean i feel like teenagers have to take on this attitude nowadays because there are so many crises that we have to face that i feel like the adults aren't really taking into consideration or taking seriously like for example climate change it's a huge crisis but it seems like our elected officials aren't doing anything about it and mm -hmm. that's why teenagers like myself we have to become mature we have to become advocates because we have to fight. And when you turn 18, you have to vote. Oh, 100%. That's going to yeah. be one of the first things I do on my birthday, actually, register to vote. Yeah, exactly. I think um, it's easy to be become apathetic. I know my generation as a young generation was very apathetic and didn't always vote. Um, I've always voted personally. I, I think that's I'm coming from a family that came from communism I, I've, I, I know that it's a privilege and a wonderful thing to do, you know, to make a difference, you know, you're, it's how we promote change. And um, yeah, I, that's what I encourage young people to do it. You know, advocacy is good, but voting is good. And you vote with your ballot, you vote with your money and you guys are going to make a huge difference. Thank you. What would you like, to tell healthcare workers, you know, in this pandemic, like what message would you like to share with them? As a teenager, I would like to say, um, I'd like to thank them for all that they do and for all that they've been putting up with over the course of this pandemic. I mean, here in the United States, it seems that a lot of people have demonized healthcare workers, nurses and doctors because of these conspiracy theories. And these people are working to save lives. They go to work every day with the intention to save someone's life. And the fact that they have to put up with these conspiracy theories and this hate that they're receiving, um, I want to commend them for being so strong. That is a wonderful message. I'm actually a nursing student. <laughs> I, I decided to get into it uh, to confront anti-vax disinformation um, and eventually want to work in public health. So, yeah, I've, I've been watching closely what, how they're being treated and, and how, you know, they're 
struggling, you know, and it, it does make me a little fearful to start work someday and, and have, you know, aggressive attitudes toward a life-saving tool. But well, that was awesome. And thank you so much for agreeing to tell me your story and to talk about uh, teens for vaccines. And is there a way to, are you on Twitter? Is there a social media handle do you, that you want to share or a website or uh, anything like that? Yeah, I actually am on Twitter. You can find me at Nico Montero four four four. Um, did I spell it for you? Yes. All right, so it's N I C O M O N T E R O four four four. Okay, and uh, I'm on Twitter too. I should actually add you. Um, and yeah, that's it. Thank you for coming on, and you keep doing the work you're doing. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for giving me the platform. Yeah. Well, you have yourself a good day. You too. Thank you.